Now here's the part where somebody has to say something stupid that I can put in front of the music. And this is when everyone mutes their microphones. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast, Episode 7. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, all. And Carney. Hello, Carney. Hello. So uh, we got a little bit of follow-up from last week. Uh, I'm assuming, Carney, you put the uh, you put this first item in there? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> There's some remember, web telescope so. follow-up orbital mechanics <laughs> is listed in the notes, and... Uh, Yep, I'm, Whoever I'm, put that in there, please speak now. <laughs> I, I did do some quick research about what I, at the time of our conversation, I wasn't familiar with what they were doing with the um, Webb telescope, where they were positioning it, and I've since um, looked it up. And to dis- the discussion I was having with uh, Dave about this is that where they're putting it is they're putting it in the Lagrange, the Earth-Sun Lagrange point. And it's going to be in a halo orbit there. They're going to be doing basically a flyby. Well, this gets complicated. But I mentioned the interplanetary transport network. And they're sort of going to be using that. It's going to pass through the Earth-Moon Lagrange on its way to the Earth-Sun Lagrange point. At which point it's going to start orbiting the Lagrange point. That isn't a stable orbit. But it takes very little delta V to maintain that. So it's got enough fuel for 20 to 40 years in that location. And the reason, of course, for that is that it's close enough to the Earth that they can communicate with it. But it's out of the way of the whole Earth-Moon thing. So they don't have to worry about either being blocked or the whole problem of keeping the sun shield between the sun and the telescope with being perturbed by the Earth and Moon. So the Lagrange point, and that that is, is that the point. Oh, in this sorry. case, it would be closer to the moon, right? Because it's where the gravity is kind of equal from both objects. Is that right? Um, sorry. Okay, the Earth-Moon Lagrange points. There are five in any two bodies. There's five Lagrange points. There's a following, a trail. Uh, oh, sorry, a leading, a trailing, a, a one on the far side, one in between, and one on the far side of the other object. Is that they're, the five Earth-Moon Lagranges are areas where the gravity of one or the other object doesn't dominate. Then the same thing applies with the Earth and the Sun. And what the Webb Telescope is going to do is going to pass through an Earth-Moon Lagrange where the gravity is equal, at which point it's going to make a course correction to head towards the Earth-Sun Lagrange, which is where it's going to be mm. parked. And is it going to be parked... And and it'll be parked in geosynchronous orbit? There's no such thing as a geosynchronous orbit there. It's going to be, the Lagrange point is a, a gravity neutral area. It's going to get there. And since this isn't an actual point, the it it's, oh boy, this gets calm. I don't have the right words. Is that you can treat it like a point, though, even though it's not, and you can orbit around that point in space. But because it's not an actual body, it's not really stable over the long term. So you need to do little course corrections to make sure that it doesn't destabilize completely and go wandering off into space someplace. So if you can imagine a a top-down view of like the Earth and the Sun, the telescope would kind of always be in a line with the Sun and the Earth? 
No. It's going to be... No, okay. It's, the, the three of them are in a line of the Lagrange, but one of them is in... Is, if you see the circle of the Earth going around the sun on that yep, top-down yep. view, a million miles in front of the Earth, there's one Lagrange point. And then a million miles behind the Earth, there's another Lagrange point. And if I remember right, the Webb telescope is going in the Lagrange point that's in front of the Earth. So what's going to happen as the Earth goes around the sun, the telescope is going to be a million miles ahead of us the whole time. Gotcha. So it's on the same path as the Earth, but it's, it's leading us. Yes. Okay. And so it'll appear to be, well, it'll appear to be... It'll appear to well, it won't be stationary from the Earth because the Earth is spinning. Well, It'll appear okay. to be orbiting the Earth, but it really will just be stationary. Yes, It'll relative be stationary to the, and relative to the, solar, to the Earth. Relative to the Earth, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's fascinating. Boy, this stuff gets really complicated really fast, doesn't it? I I understand so, the explanations. The math is honestly beyond me, and I think it may have been beyond me back when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the benefit of putting it out there? Just the fact that it's it's away from it's away from all the crap in orbit for starters. Since it's uh, you want it to be able to point at a location in the sky. Since the moon and the Earth aren't there, there's no potential for them to get in the way. And there's mm-hmm. also the issue that if you're orbiting the Earth, you're going to have to calculate to keep the sun shield blocking the sun, you'd have to have a complicated rotation on it to make sure that it was always, as it went around the Earth, it was spinning at just the right speed to keep the shield in place. And you're always getting perturbed by the moon when you're doing that. So it would it would just mean that you'd have to always be dinking with it. Being hmm. out there isolates it more from, you know, you're, you're a million miles further away from the Earth, you're a minimum of 750,000 miles further away from the moon. It's just, you know, a quiet space. And theoretically, it's not being affected by either the gravity of the sun or the gravity of the Earth. Yeah, at least not in big ways. Right, right. So does it, I mean, is there like a, does it carry all its fuel with it then that it will ever need? Yes. Well, maybe at some point in the future, somebody will decide to do something about it. But as it currently stands, it carries about 150 meters per second of fuel. And mm-hmm. it's anticipated to use between two and four meters per second of fuel for station keeping. So mm-hmm. under ideal circumstances, it could potentially last 75 years. Worst case, it's more like, you know, 30-something years. But yeah, it's okay. pretty good. So if it gets hit by something unexpected, some kind of solar storm or whatever, it may end up using more or less that particular rotation. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that was the follow-up. Cool. Well, that's good. That's good follow-up. That's interesting, and, and uh, thank you for that. So I think our main. Uh, let's move on to our main discussion here. We actually have a main topic, and it's going to be video gaming. It's something all three of us are uh, are into a lot of. Uh, we all have. We all play World of Warcraft together. That's how we uh, kind of all three got together. And uh, we've. I've. I personally, I've played video games my whole life. I know Dave has played video games since at least high school. Um. And I wanted to know, what, what do you guys get out of video gaming? Why do you keep doing it? Well, it's a deep philosophical question that I have not spent enough time thinking about. Um, probably should, since it, it has absorbed you know, anywhere from 20 to 60 hours of my time for the last 20 years. So I probably should think about it more and maybe 
maybe if I did, I would do it less. But it's it's mostly just <laughs> a, uh, oh, a, a, a theoretically a relaxation. But a good game doesn't always let you relax. So I don't think that's it. It's it's a diversion. That's probably the right word. It's a it's a diversion from the other stuff going on, you know, work and real life and. And it is one of the thing that you, one thing you can just flip a switch and walk away from if you want to, and of course that doesn't really apply to anything else. So I guess that that relieves some of the stress about it. Was it was it the same for you before World of Warcraft, or has it kind of changed since we've started playing World of Warcraft? I'd say it's changed as World of Warcraft progressed. I. A little bit of repetitive motion, I wouldn't call it injury, but uh, aggravation. And so I used to play it just running around, grinding out this and that, killing things for, you know, reputation, money, etc. And I've, over the last 15 years, have migrated to uh, more than half my time is spent just in the commerce section, you know, the buying and selling and you know, mm-hmm. kind of making making the well gold is the currency that that wow uses and trying to make that just as a you know you can watch this number tick up or tick down it kind of shows you mm-hmm. how successful <laughs> it's a way of keeping score right it's a, yeah it's a way of way of keeping score um but so i mean yeah, i guess definitely. what i was asking was have you have you been is it the same amount of time have you always you said what did you say? Forty to sixty hours a week. Twenty to sixty. Oh, it's twenty probably, to sixty. Okay, it's probably dropped. Yeah, dropped as low as twenty during these. You know, the expansions about to come out time frame, and just don't. There's very little for me to do, so I don't spend much time with it. The uh, sure. auction houses are very lightly attended, so very low. A uh, lot, not not much to do. Um, during the, uh, you know, right after the expansion comes out, then it kind of ramps up and you spend, you know, you kind of lose yeah. track of where your family is. So <laughs> I've, uh, I've been there, but what I, what I'm saying, what I was asking, I guess is, did you play as much video games before World of Warcraft? Were you still doing like 40 hours a week or was it less, more, about the same? Oh, that's a, I'm not sure Depends. I have the, you know, the, the one thing about if you're just doing one thing and it has a tracker in it, you can kind of, you know, you can just backslash sure. played and find out exactly how much time you've theoretically spent playing this game. I, I don't know that there are anything, any of our prior games had that option. So I would say, wow, probably I'm, I'm, I'm averaging more in it than I did on the other games. Mm-hmm. But no good way to quantify that. So I know I, I know I remember having discussions with you about uh, civilization and how that was kind of all consuming for a while. I'm sure that probably hit that level. But no, that's my, a good. That's a good example. And yeah, again, I I was doing that in college, so I did have the distraction of courses now and then. Mm-hmm. Um. They could have been close to probably about a forty-hour game week then too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Carney? What's your uh, what's your gaming history pre World of Warcraft? Oh well, I go way back. But to address the original question of why I game, 
is that the yeah. main reason that I game, I'd say at this point, and I think it started pretty early, is social interaction. You know, I mean, this is, I've always been a computer nerd, and I, this is how I interact with people. Um, mm-hmm. My start of computer gaming is, <laughs> it was a basic program called Midway that um, <laughs> you, you ran on basically a Tandy computer here. <laughs> You know, and it was it was nice. this grid of eight by eight ASCII characters. Where you know you did you did you load it by uh, running an audio cassette recorder? I don't even <laughs> remember to tell you the truth, but <laughs> I know that I was also it was on floppies for the school disc. But I may have also done it on an audio recorder. I don't remember. But multiplayer gaming, I started in eighty eight or 89, I can't remember the exact time frame, but it was the first multiplayer online game, Air Warrior. And mm. that was that was a consuming obsession. But it had one built-in regulator, though, is that it cost $6 an hour to play. And Jesus. Yeah, and that, this was back, you know, <laughs> this, this, was <laughs> this was a while back. This was 30 years ago. So this, and, isn't, this isn't high school kids playing this game. Oh no! By the time I started playing this game, I had a full-time job and was—I I was being paid pretty well for my age and back then. So yeah, mm-hmm. my my rationale was I worked with some people who played golf and spent literally hundreds of dollars a week on golf, and I figured if I played a hundred dollars a week with my obsessions, at least I didn't—you know—at least I wasn't outside in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> getting vitamin d poisoning we don't, yeah, we don't yeah. need that yeah yeah eaten alive by mosquito <laughs> um so, well let's but, let's yeah. stick to all right so that was you in the 80s then uh let's let's go through that this like that might be a good framing uh for us to go through the decades here what uh dave what were you playing in the 80s i were a number of apple you know, i had an apple two at the time apple two plus there were a few games, but boy, none of them really stood out as that exciting. Oh, come on. Got to be until, Olympic Decathlon, right? Well, I was going to say until, until <laughs> uh, Olympic Decathlon definitely stands out, and that might be, it wasn't really multiplayer, but it was multiplayer. Well, we de- you and I definitely played that together. <laughs> well, right. It was, it was yeah. well, I, I guess, yeah, it, it was multiplayer. Same, same room multiplayer, right? Same, same keyboard multiplayer. That's right. We had to shoulder to shoulder, and you'd, you'd get the arrow keys, and I'd get the ASWD keys, and we'd have at it. I never played any games like that. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? So you so you had your Apple II. Any other games that that uh, come to mind? I ha- I also had an Apple II. I remember playing Wolfenstein a lot. Yeah, like, now that's where it. Re- you just muted yourself, Carney. That was not intentional. Uh, I was going to say the Wolfenstein. I remember it was like uh, the, what I mainly remember about Wolfenstein was it was like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. I'm going to go be sick now. <laughs> yeah, that and trying to. <laughs> so, sorry. You mean, so, do you mean you're going to be sick from work, and so you can play more games? No, no, no. I mean, sick is in motion sickness. As in, oh. you'd be playing, click, 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 and you'd look up. Well, and go, wait oh, now. Did, was this on an Apple II you were playing Wolfenstein, or is no, this Wolfenstein no, this 3D? Was, this was Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, no, no, yeah. See, you know, the one Dave and I were talking about is Wolfenstein for the Apple II, which was 
a top down game and ah, okay. uh, where you every once in a while you the the sound was all eight bits so the germans would be like as ass and that's supposed to be ss <laughs> and uh <laughs> but it's you know it was it was fun it was a lot of fun at the time i don't know if i could spend more than five minutes on it these days yeah, I'm just thinking through things. I I don't. I actually spent a lot of time in front of a computer, but back then I was trying to do coding, which you know was pretty sad because I was using primarily AppleSoft and a little bit oh, of God. Pascal. <laughs> um, even a few moments little, in little Fortran. Apple Basic. But uh, yeah, Wait, I actually. You, what I mean, did you I, say about Fortran? Oh, just a little bit of that. I was taking a couple of college courses, one for Pascal and one for Fortran. Gotcha. Yeah, Got Pascal. It, I know I I did some Pascal on the Mac, or on, well, not on the Mac, on the Apple II, and never got to the Fortran level. That was serious business. Yeah, I've done some pro coding on Fortran and Cobol and Assembler. Yeah, so um, in the well, that's the eighties for the for the eighties. It was more coding than actual gaming and uh, an arcade too, right? Well, okay, so the yes, the feeding core. I, I had an Apple II at home, but I still fed core a lot of quarters into the uh, the games in the arcade, and that was, I guess, maybe maybe uh, it was kind of my social thing, like what. Carney was saying, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're 16 or whatever, can't go hang out in a bar and don't want to go hang out in the library because there's not going to be anybody there. But you go to the arcade, there's people and there's something to do. So, Yep, yep. And I obviously was right there with you a lot of times and totally loved to see what were some of the good arcade games where we had our Robotron, which we all hated. What? We no, loved to Robotron hate. Was is a love- awesome. It was the game we loved to hate. We no. loved it, but it cheated. We called it Cheetotron. Why? Why did you call it Cheater? Because <laughs> whenever we die, you could always see a a bullet like going through the guy that just supposedly killed you. It's like there's a bullet through him. I can see it. Well, you but, didn't keep moving often enough. Uh, obviously, yes. Well, you, you don't have to explain the mechanics of the game to me, but <laughs> well, clearly I do. If you think it's we sucks. played, uh, we awesome. played. Let's see. I know I played uh, some a lot of Donkey Kong, a lot of Zaxxon. Zaxxon was one of my favorites. Galaga. Eh, I didn't really like Galaga. I played it, but I didn't really care for it. Uh, I was a Space Invaders nerd when before that was cool. <laughs> okay, it was never cool. <laughs> but uh, Missile Command. <laughs> what were your arcade games, guys? Missile Command, Robotron. Um, yeah. There was a game called Tail Gunner that I never made it. <laughs> I never saw it very often. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. But you were, it was basically one of the space line art type games. And the thing about this was you sat in a cockpit and you were facing backwards and everything would come streaming past you and you'd have to fight off the stuff that was coming at you from behind. Nice. I like that one. And pinball, of course, but we've discussed pinball before. Well, quick things on the '80s was I mean, mine was mine was Zaxxon and Joust, but I was just uh, just checking here. Oh God, John! Um, so, Carney, you were paying twelve, almost thirteen dollars an hour for your uh, entertainment back then in in today's Six. dollars. Oh, in today's dollars, yeah, probably. Yeah, so I mean, six dollars doesn't sound really too harsh, but when you 
put into today's dollars, it, it seems a little more... Uh, thing to remember, Dave, is that I, I, I at least had the discipline to limit myself to a certain number of hours a week. Um, there were plenty of people who discovered the game, showed up, played a bunch for a couple of months, and then disappeared, never to be heard from again. And the term in-game for it was called Visa Meltdown. I mean, there are literally people who discovered the game, and, you know, just like EQ or WoW can suck you in, they got sucked in, and they probably spent, you know, a couple thousand dollars in a month and never came back. And then went into a 12-step program. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't don't really need a 12-step program if you can't afford the booze, but... (laughs) I suppose... (laughs) Well, unless you, yeah, because at least us at the time, we didn't have Visa. I didn't have a Visa card, so I wasn't in danger of indebting myself. <laughs> well, we're talking about 19- 1980s. I didn't, I guess I hadn't. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I was in late 80s, early 90s. You, I do recall sure. a credit card or two then. And I, I, I do I remember know. having some credit card debt. It was not video game related. It was giant speakers at Sears. Thank you, Sears, for that that kind offer of credit that I ended up paying for for five years. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought I was thought it was pretty crazy. I was in the military for four years, applying for credit cards periodically. Yeah, I mean, you can't get a more stable job. You have to you have to do something insane to get out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't couldn't get a credit card. Started college <laughs> really? in nineteen. Started college. No, I I couldn't. St- couldn't get a credit card. Started college wow. in 89. Walked into the student union after a couple of weeks. Somebody handed me a Discover card application, and I said, well, yeah, whatever. And I, okay, I filled it out, and then got a credit card. And I didn't, have, I didn't even have any source of income at the time. So, But you were just what they were looking for. Apparently, they thought eventually someday I would earn some money. So. Yeah. How about the, what what did you move into in the 90s then, Dave? Boy, well, all I had was the Apple IIc that I purchased from you, mm-hmm. and that was a primarily a word processor. And I actually, I mean, I've said it many times, if World of Warcraft were out and I was in college, I would still be in college. I actually, <laughs> I really didn't play, you know, if we go for the first five years of the... Uh, of you know, ninety through ninety five, I did very little gaming, um, and got a hold of a Gateway two thousand, and I guess it was ninety four, and uh, played a lot of RTS, you know, real time strategies like Red Alert. I think was the mm, big one yeah. that came out at the time, and so that 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 was probably the biggest one of the. Uh, it was Command and Conquer Red Alert right? That sounds right. Command and Conquer had uh, yeah had several different flavors and versions and varieties and red alert was the one that came out when i picked up my gateway 2000 and i seem to remember also playing uh total annihilation yes another yep i seem to remember hearing you i I tried it but i think you played more of that than i did yeah i probably got my 19 dollars worth out of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean if you compare that to the quarters that we were dropping in the uh, 80s Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, compared to that, computer games were like, oh, this is amazing. I can play Pac-Man forever. Yeah, you're 
Well, I mean, once you've purchased your $4,000 rig. <laughs> right. <laughs> Carney, what were you playing in the 90s? Did you move on from Air Warrior to just keep keep going? Well, Air Warrior was a, a big social thing. That, that went on until, well, right up until EQ, because we had yearly conventions. You know, you, you, you're talking about almost exclusively men. There were a few women who played Air Warrior. Uh, most of the, the females, though, were playing Island of Kesme. Um But, you know, it was it was a social thing, is that the people who played were mostly, you know, men with stable jobs, professionals, you know, and we were it was a social thing. And we'd have yearly conventions, and it, it went on for quite That's a while. Fun. Were those but, just local conventions, or were they national conventions? Oh, and they were international. There were, there oh, were nice. warriors from Australia and Finland. and Kind of similar to what you might see for uh, BlizzCon or something like that now? A lot more intimate and... Oh, boy, I'm going to get myself in trouble for this, but there was a lot less freaks and... <laughs> and, and, and you know, I mean, just people by that I am assuming you mean people who do cosplay. Uh. No, no cosplay. I don't have a problem with them. Is that <laughs> it, I'm talking about more the people who whose life is the thing. You know, it's like they think. Oh, that, I see. You know, the people were going to Air Warrior to meet the people. You know, they'd have computers set up. You know, so that we could do group missions while we were all in the room and stuff. But mostly, what people did was go off to the bars and sit and talk and socialize. And you know, it was getting okay. to know people. It wasn't. It was more about the people than the game. So, did you, you know, have? Was there voice communication during Air Warrior? Or was it all typing? It was all typing. With, with unless unless you had. Um, a second phone line, and either you went long distance the whole time, or Jeez. you happened to live in the same city as somebody. There, there were. I'm just seeing. I'm just seeing money being set on fire. To <laughs> a not inappropriate or novel view of Air Warrior. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I can see um, why this never even crossed my radar because there's no way I could have even begin begun yeah. to afford this in the '90s. It was also the. It was a pretty limited. I mean, the the when I originally started playing, the arena could handle like thirty to forty people at once. Is that it? It gradually escalated to the point where, just before before it started, there's a long story that nobody wants to hear about. But is that just before it started falling apart? Is that um, that they were trying to run some scenarios with almost five six hundred people in it. You know, think of it as a raid with 500 people, and you're not far off. Mm-hmm. But the it's, the main thing like that was a... new during that time was the the first person shooters. You know, the Doom, you know, and <laughs> Deathmatch yeah. Doom was a thing for me. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of that. And the thing I really remember though is on your you were playing Doom. And you're sitting there trying to look around the edge of your monitor to see what's around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the paranoia really got to you. It's like, no, he's hiding in there. (laughs) I mean, but that's the 90s. For me, the 90s were kind of the highlights, I think, were Civilization. Oh, yeah, I played Uh, that too. All the Diablos, all the Warcrafts. I loved the Warcraft. Warcraft Arcs and Humans, the sequel... Um, I can't remember when Warcraft 3 came out, but that was definitely one of them. Um, but boy, yeah, I spent a lot of time. I I had uh, finger damage because I because of Diablo. Thank you very much. 
I used to I wear a wrist. Diablo. I played a lot of Diablo 2. I, yeah. still, I still play Diablo 2 occasionally. Oh, yeah, me too. I have Diablo 2 on my PlayStation and PC, and I fire that up every once in a while, too. It's still it's a fun game. Um, yeah, so that was... That was the and then of course the all time my one of my all time favorite games was released in the nineties which was StarCraft and uh, boy I played a lot of StarCraft and uh, we had a group of we had a group of guys at work that every lunch every day at lunch we would there's four of us and we had there was a a graphic artist workstation room and uh, we would all sit down there and each grab a computer and play StarCraft for for the lunch hour. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like and yell at each other. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, mid late nineties. I think it was. I'm trying to, remember, but I, I was at a place that <laughs> we were doing the same thing with Doom Two, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great because you didn't have to worry about networking, and you could all yell at each other in person, and it was great. Yeah, a lot of yelling at each other. <laughs> Goddamn campers. <laughs> Sorry, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's the best part, man. <laughs> well, Dave, you just unmuted yourself. What else? What do you what what do you got for the nineties for us? Well, I think we share a, a list, you and I, Rob. I mean, the Starcraft, Warcraft, um Civilization. I don't know that I have a whole lot of stuff I mean I I bought a lot of games that I played for like five hours. And I yeah. <laughs> can't I can't even remember what they are, um, but I'm st- sure I'm still paying off the interest somehow. <laughs> what about uh, consoles? Did you guys have consoles in the '90s? No. Nah. When I was well, when I was in high school, my parents got me the very first Pong game, mm-hmm. but after that, no. Nah. Yeah. See, so my son was born in '95, so we I had been I'm, I was big into the 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 original Nintendo Entertainment System, and then. Got the Nintendo, the N sixty four, around that time too. So we ended up playing a lot. I ended up, I ended up playing a lot of Nintendo games, um, when my son was born, and you know, trying to really poison him from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we can't discuss the nineties without the big one. What's the big one? Go ninety nine, EverQuest. <laughs> Oh, EverQuest. But you guys yeah, didn't see, get now, sucked into that. See that. We did not. Yeah, tell us about so you moved on from Air I'm assuming you kind of you say you you said in the past you played Air Warrior kind of throughout the 90s. Yeah. Well, the, there were various the problem is at starting about 97 Air Warrior started becoming a, maybe earlier than that became started becoming a football for these large entertainment groups that you know game companies that mm. knew that the internet multiplayer was big it was going to be great but they had no idea what to do with it so they the the Air Warrior was a niche game i mean it's World War 2 air combat ultimate PVP and right. first news core then uh, or no news core i forget who but uh, it got bought out by in succession like three or four times. And every one of these companies thought, oh, we're going to bring Air Warrior to the masses. And, you know, sure, go to a mall, round up 100 people, and let's say, okay, we're all going to show you the latest game. You get to play World War II fighters and shoot each other. <laughs> and all 100 people are going to run away. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and... and they screwed with the game until basically it died. And while it was dying, a bunch of the Air Warrior people 
this was EverQuest had just been announced, and we moved en masse. The first day okay. of, of EverQuest, we moved into the um, oh, Kazakhul server. Okay. And we, we transferred our obsession almost wholly over into EverQuest, and it was a monthly fee, 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. gee, there's no reason not to play. So, hey, only 20 bucks? What the hell? Yeah. So, you know, that, that was the start of me playing 40, 60, 70, 80 hours a week for a couple of years. Right, <laughs> right. Know, when, you're, when you're one of the first people to make it to rating level in EverQuest, you know you've been playing too much. <laughs> right. Well, I can relate to that uh, almost, probably almost exactly the same point in my life as you were, because you're a little bit older than I am, but. Um, well, that's a great transition then into the 2000s, yeah. where you continued to play EverQuest until 2004, right? Um, 2000, 2004 for the audience is when World of Warcraft was was launched. Did you uh, did you jump right into World of Warcraft when that came out? Well, what happened was is that went hard and heavy with with EverQuest for probably about two years, at which point burnout started to set in and continued playing mm. it for a while but then a whole bunch of air warrior people moved over to city of heroes now there's oh. the game that i wish was still around C- city of heroes i think was probably the best mmog that i've played to date and i war- world of warcraft is is fun i like playing with you guys but it's not as good a game as City of Heroes was, in my opinion. Interesting. And when people started losing interest in City of Heroes and World of Warcraft was coming out, then a whole the whole big Air Warrior crew kind of jumped into World of Warcraft from day one. And that's how we all were on Garona server. I mean, over the time, you've seen a few of the old Air Warrior people be part of the Council of the Dedicated, but most of them have just drifted away now. We're all kind of old. <laughs> right. What uh, Dave? What were you? What were what were your gaming obsessions in the two thousands? Well, we started doing. I moved down to uh, Texas with my brother, and he had a group of people who periodically got together, and uh, we did uh, you know, land parties with. But it was still StarCraft was like the big one because everybody was in college, and you could play StarCraft on a. A five-year-old PC. You didn't have to have mm-hmm. uh, a blazing, fast, super expensive video card. Um, and then a lot of uh, Doom and the things that were following in that same vein. We did a little bit of you know first-person shooting at those gatherings also. But StarCraft still was a big thing just because it was such a, a, such a low cost of entry. And everybody was, you know, everybody I was hanging out with was in college because they were... They were my brother's friends who was, he's a bit younger than I, so. And then uh, 2004 rolls around and you and I both were uh, World of Warcraft from day one. I think I, I played in the beta for about a month. Did you play in the beta too or were you just wondering what no, the hell I was no, doing? No, I, I was still, I think, well, I guess Diablo and Diablo 2 were also kind of early oh, yeah. 2000s and I was still... I was doing that, but it was tearing up my uh, my fingers too. And you came to me about WoW, and I was like, "Well, not really interested in paying something, you know, playing 
<laughs> something that I have to continuously pay for. It just doesn't really sound fiscally sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same thought process, and I don't know what it was, but it just there was enough. I played the beta, I guess, which was free, and so I kind of knew what it was, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. I better. So I went, I went whole hog. I bought the collector's edition on day one, and and uh, convinced five or six of our group of friends to play it. And yeah, I pretty much I haven't, just I haven't really uh, trusted, trusted your uh, judgment and purchased it. And um, I probably Boy, was that only, a mistake. <laughs> oh, I, I think during the first year of playing the game, I, I. Th- Think. I don't want to exaggerate, but I think I accumulated over 120 days of playtime in in 360 days of real life. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound ridiculous. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it doesn't sound wrong. <laughs> yeah. See, you guys, you guys were in the EQ zone that I was in. You know, right? A bunch of years before. By the time I started playing, wow, it was like, yeah, this is great. Okay, I've played a couple hours. Time to go do something else. Yeah, and I know, and I know, Carney. Did your wife start playing then as well? I know. Yeah, my wife at the time was playing then, and I know somehow we got Dave's wife involved too. It wasn't immediately when it launched, but yeah, she started playing it. And the, I think the thing about World of Warcraft was a lot more accessible to people who weren't quite as obsessive as we seem to be. As you know, yeah. EverQuest had plenty of female gamers, but they tended to be well. You know, the 10 hours, 20 hours, 30 hours a week types, just like us. While my wife, you know, she'd play 30 minutes in the morning, you know, do some quests. And mostly that was pretty much it for her, except when she got dragged into raids with us. Mm -hmm. You know, and World of Warcraft does have that one thing going for it. And for that matter, City of Heroes had it too, that you could log in, play for 30 minutes, and then log out again, which... You know, you just could not do an EverQuest. You just could not play for 30 minutes and accomplish anything. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that Blizzard looked at EverQuest. Obviously, oh, yeah. they were a lot of a lot of the Blizzard people were EverQuest players, and uh, yeah, they really. I think they really improved on it. From I've never personally, I played EverQuest two for about a month, and I'm like, this is bullshit. And I can. Uh, if if EverQuest one was more bullshit than EverQuest two was, order of magnitude. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I can't even. They they certainly did a good job improving on it then. So I mean, EverQuest will always hold a place in my heart as being the source of so many horror stories you can tell other gamers. You know, it'll yeah. it'll never be exceeded. But you right. know, I never want to do it again. Not not the way I did then. So the PlayStation and Xbox really became pretty popular in the 2000s too. I know I had a I had a PlayStation 2 and played the hell out of SSX, one of my favorite games, played a lot of uh Tiger Woods Golf on that PlayStation 2. Um I'm sure my son could remind me of uh, 50 other games that we played during that time. Did you guys have any consoles in the 2000s? Uh, we got a Wii, but that really wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that was like. <laughs> you mean Actually, by that you mean wasn't for you at, or your or was it just for your wife, kind of a thing? <laughs> or nobody. Was- it was really for my wife. She she enjoyed. Actually, was that two thousand? That's getting into the two thousand tens. I don't remember when the Wii came out. It might have been two thousands. 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was maybe seven or eight, maybe nine, 2009. But uh, the Wii launched in 2006. Oh, okay. Earlier than I thought. So, yeah, she really, she still plays her, her Wii, and, um, you know, it, it's... It suited her just fine. Me, it's I. I got frustrated quickly with that mm-hmm. because the 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 controls feel very mushy to me on all of these you know movement sensor games. You don't have the precision level of control, and I, I feel like I've got right. you know mittens on, and it's just it's frustrating to me. The one thing I loved about the Wii, and we had a Wii as well, was the there were two games that I just totally loved. One was the bowling game. And the other one was ping pong. I mean, the the bowling and the ping pong. Oh, my wife likes that too. You basically you could do real world actions, and I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know already. And it would kind of mirror that on the screen, and that was just dynamite. And I loved, I loved real bowling, and the bowling on the Wii I thought was very close to real bowling, which really? was an amazing feat. See, I, I yeah, I'm I've done uh, until my shoulder gave out. I. I was a bowler too, and I was yeah. very frustrated that it didn't. The bowling was not like real bowling for me. Okay, well, it was. It was, yeah, and, and you know, it wasn't. But it kind of had the same. It was the same mental game, I guess. At least it felt that way to me. But okay. I, you were probably a much better bowler than I was. So, well, I yeah, I remember breaking one fifty on the Wii a lot more times than I did in real life. <laughs> oh well that's well, probably true <laughs> see 150 would be a bad game for me so yeah i guess maybe that's the difference i'm a little more yeah finicky. you probably had it you 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 probably had your own ball and all that stuff oh yeah too, right oh well, yeah yeah so okay i had more than one actually <laughs> for the people who don't have their own ball maybe it was good <laughs> yeah it was a solid one i could do a 110 you know on a you know a couple times a night but i i bowled three times a year or so yeah yeah and I'm, i've i've hit i've hit 200 three or four times in my life and that's it yeah now i won't say that i hit 200 a lot but i think the last league that i was actually able to really bowl in i was carrying a high 180s average that's pretty good yeah all right anything else on the 2000s not not big console people here. I mean, <laughs> no. there was there was lots there was lots of games. We I know Civilization continued on, World of Warcraft continued on, Diablo and Starcraft both had expansions. Yeah, I was pretty light on the consoles myself. I mean, the PlayStation Two played Twisted Metal Black. That was uh, that was a good game. I never even heard of that. And uh, then because. People were buying them. I got an Xbox, hooked it up, probably played it for about two hours. Um, (laughs) Then thought, well, great, I have a DVD player whenever I need one. There you go. (laughs) And then uh, I don't remember what what year it was. Somebody visited me, and uh, we may have gone to a big box store and picked up a Xbox was it? Uh, As a 360, I believe. 360, yeah. I'm, I'm giving away the secret of who this person is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, connected that, played it uh, with the visitor for about, you know, five, six hours. And then they left, and it just sat there for about <laughs> six collected, months. 
collected dust. And I thought, well, okay, maybe I need a big screen TV to sort of enjoy it. So I, that's my first purchase of a 50 plus inch TV. And I hooked that up and watched a movie on it. And then it went back in the you know, <laughs> to gathering dust. And so. So the consoles aren't for you, is what you're saying. Well, I. I am really, I feel like I'm pretty decent with a keyboard and I'm horrible with a controller. So Amen. you tried to do a, you tried to do yeah. a first person shooter with a controller and you know, you just like get constantly whooped and you do the same thing on a, a keyboard and you succeed. You know, it doesn't take long for you to kind of migrate towards one and away from the other. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, Dave. I had the training of a small human being in the house that uh, that really enjoyed it and wanted a playmate. So I I I put in the time to learn the controller language. Yeah, no, it's and well, and then I also did by the Wii, and that was again I was kind of getting repetitive stress going on in my arms, and I thought, well, the Wii will be a great thing to do that won't aggravate the same body parts and. But it was it, they just such put it, such an underpowered processor on it. It was it was actually fun to play, but the the lag between screens and stuff was mm-hmm. it, it turned me off, and I just didn't didn't play that much either. So yeah. All right, what about our current decade here? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll just get it out of the, I'll, let me just yeah let me just get this out of the way. I have all the consoles. I have the Xbox. One, I have a PlayStation 4, and I have a Switch, and I play lots of games on all of those. We don't necessarily need to go into that. There's plenty of podcasts that talk about current games, but uh, I continue that. And then I also continue World of Warcraft. And Carney, I know you do as well. Do you play any other games besides World of Warcraft, Carney? Uh, currently? Th- currently, it depends on what you mean by play. I occasionally go Diablo 2. I've there's a server out there for EQ, the original EQ that was out, and I occasionally log into that and putter around just for nostalgia's sake. But playing now, I think I mostly play World of Warcraft when I'm playing, you know, Hearthstone yeah. to kill some time. But yeah, Hearthstone's it, pretty fun. That's about it. Honestly, the thing I'm I keep looking at stuff like Fortnite and Overwatch and thinking I had to try that. I had to try that, but you know, it's like my problem is is that I I, I look at some of the stuff and the the people are so freaking obnoxious. And I you know because playing multiplayer is is a social thing, and yeah. it's like do I really <clears throat> want to put up with these people? And frequently the answer comes back is no. Yeah, and the, the the way around it that Blizzard has is to basically nerf the social features. So on in Which, Overcast, you yeah, I mean, you, so you really can't be social in like Hearthstone, but it's a very pleasant environment if, for the limited uh, interaction that you do have. But yeah, it's 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 fairly toxic in a lot of games, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, anything. Dave, besides World of Warcraft for you here in the 2000s, or is that, I mean, we we all mentioned Diablo 2 a little bit. Anything else for you? I don't believe uh, there's been anything else that I've done for more than, say, two hours <laughs> since 20, 2004, except uh, I, in 2010, 
I did buy StarCraft 2. So, but that's the the only place that I've strayed. Mm-hmm. And you didn't stray too far from the Blizzard, uh, the, the safety of Blizzard. No, and I don't didn't really feel like it was cheating because I already had StarCraft one before WoW. So yeah. <laughs> cheating, good, good. <laughs> yeah, you two timer. We've got a lot of other mini topics here under this video gaming thing, but I we're getting close to our time, and I think it's been a really interesting discussion. What do you guys still get this? We talked a little bit about what we get out of games has it have you has that has that evolved in the in the history carney i'll start with you is it has it always been that social thing for you and is that still kind of the main driving thing that yeah. makes you keep playing video games yes i mean it's yeah i'm a geek okay. and a nerd how else am i going to find other people like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah how about you dave is that is that been consistent or has that evolved for you over time the reason you play games yeah well the the, certainly the social part of it i feel like has increased uh, quite a bit because you know back in the 90s and so on i you know i gamed with you and like maybe my brother and then you know as soon as we transitioned forward to 2005 you start having voice chat options and you know, you're you're playing a game with people from all over the world, and it's not just one or two or five people. It might be twenty or thirty that you kind of know fairly well, and so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like what Carney was saying is you know you stay in your if you stay in your house, the only way, really the only way to meet people is through uh, electronics and a mic. So yeah, and I think I mean I I totally agree with what you said, and my experiences. Very similar to yours, um, but I think I had I had a lot of time where I was playing video games. To it was still social, but it was more time for me to spend with my son and and uh, and that kind of thing. But but yeah, it's been amazing how I'm I'm frankly surprised at how many friends that I've met through video games, um, and and just a I mean, as part of our guild, we've had a tremendous number of people that have kind of come and gone and some have come and stayed and uh it's been just fantastic to meet people from different countries from different parts of the united states and we had a couple uh french-speaking uh players in the mid-2000s that was fascinating i thought to Mm -hmm. to uh to play with those guys and uh yeah it's just been a tremendously positive force i guess in my life and uh, don't regret it at all in this time of people really bashing on video games. Let me ask you a question, if you don't mind, Rob. Yeah. Um, the No Man's Sky, is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. Is that you were talking in a web board yeah. that we share about it. And I was just, tell us about that a little bit. So, so Norm, No Man's Sky is an interesting game. It started about two years ago. It came out for PlayStation 4. It's also out for PC, and they, they just released it for Xbox. Um, but it's an interesting game. It's a procedurally generated uh, galaxy, basically. And you can, you you start off with a ship, and you kind of explore things, and you do um it's uh, you can play it first person or third person, um, 
you kind of you you start out on a on a planet and you don't really know what happened somehow your memory's gone and uh, you don't know how you got on this planet you've got to find you've got to mine and gather resources to fix your ship and then uh, once you fix your ship you can kind of blast off and you can go to space stations and you can explore other planets there's a lot it's 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 an exploration and crafting game with and just recently they came out with a an update uh, called No Man's Sky Next, and, uh, and for for free. I mean, for if you own the game, it's just a free update. And uh, they've kind of added a multiplayer portion to it, where you can have up to uh, four people kind of exploring and doing the same sort of things together, which is which is very cool. Um, it's a it's a very peaceful game. It's one of those games. It's not like a normal shoot 'em up action space it's not air it's not air warrior it's a uh, it's just kind of mellow and it's a great game to have a couple cocktails kick back and just relax um huh. it's yeah. not high action at all it's just it's it's a very interesting vibe i may need to try that i i this is another game that tempts me but i've been you know sort of wondering if i wanted to invest yeah. time in it but yeah that's that sounds better than i thought I was understanding that there was more interaction with other people in it. This sounds like a game that you could just go and kill a little bit of time with, and then. Oh yeah, it's it's the at its heart, it's a it's a single player game, and uh, it, they they've added basically you can do kind of cooperative multiplayer, but it's 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 a it's a crafting game mostly crafting, and you can build a base, and you can. You can eventually work your way up so that you've got multiple ships and you've got like a big freighter, but it's kind of it, it to me. And, and it, the story's not it's not big on story. Uh, it's got a little bit of a it's got a little bit of a story, and they've kind of expanded that uh, over the last couple of years so that it's better than it was. It's I mean it's enough of a story to get you going, but really the heart of the game is you 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 go to these planets and it's really cool because like oh this is a procedurally generated. I mean, they obviously have they have parameters and things, but it's like, oh, we we don't know what you never know what chemical you know what what minerals are going to be there for you to mine or 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 what and it's got life forms and these life forms are basically you know crazy random things. So you might see a a, a moose running around with wings or something like that, and, <laughs> you know, or 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 any or with maybe frog legs or something, you know, or or just weird other stuff. And it's it's and crazy crazy plants that are procedurally generated and it's 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 so you do really get a sense of exploration because you you get to the a planet and there's so many planets in this galaxy that basically every single planet that i've been to so far has not been touched by any human beings in the last two years so you kind of it's like wow there's a lot of planets out there so i mean if you so it's very unlikely that you'll even run into another person randomly i mean if you play multiplayer then it'll you can teleport to the same planet and stuff like that but so it's fun i I really enjoy it it's not a game that's going to be an obsessively uh played game by me it's more when i'm if i come home from work and i'm just you know i don't really want to do anything where i have to think too hard i can just kind of go explore a new planet and and see what's there and that's kind of fun okay so 
Thank you. And it, and I I believe it's uh if you if by the time our listeners hear this it probably won't be on sale, but I think it's on sale for 30 bucks right now on Steam. So. So I like it. All right, guys, well, that is it for our main discussion. We're going to move on to uh, what's been good this fortnight for us, um, and I'll be happy to start off. I've got a new, uh, this is going to be kind of a podcasting-related one here. Uh, I've got a new boom arm, because my other boom arm was noisy and creaky, and I didn't like it. So I bought a, uh, a Heil PL2T, for, and it's, it was pretty expensive, too. It was like 100 bucks, um, but I, I really like it. It's got... Uh, it's got some uh, cable routing, so I can take my microphone cable and I can actually put it inside the boom arm, so it keeps my desk nice and clean. And uh, I love it. Carney, what about you? What's new? What's new for you? Well, on your recommendation, I got a new headset. I hope everybody notices it. Um, yeah, I think your voice sounds much, much, ni- much fuller. And rich richer. creamy. <laughs> yes. yes. I was waiting for that. Yes. So I'm yes. I'm pl- fairly pleased with it for 30 odd bucks you can't beat it. I mean f- it was uh, 40 something dollars I think with um you know 2 day shipping so I could get it in time for this. So it And was, what was the uh what was the what's the model number or what is it exactly? Uh the, so I, the, I have no earthly idea. It's a Sennheiser. <laughs> it's a Sennheiser something something 8. I'll put I'll put it We'll find out what it is, and I'll put it in the show notes. Because <laughs> I have no idea. I've already thrown away the packaging, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How about you, Dave? You got anything uh, good or bad new this uh, this fortnight? Well, a quick question on the headset. You've been wearing it now for a little over an hour. Is it comfortable? I would say it's as comfortable as any headset ever gets with me. I'm aware it's there, but I'm I'm... I'm fussy about that. So I would say, yes, probably it, for a headset, it is comfortable. How's that for a waffly answer? <laughs> it's the, uh, just so you know, it's the PC-8, Sennheiser PC-8 USB headset. All right, well, uh, here we had a pretty low-key week, but uh, I did spend yesterday on the road. We had a, a guy I worked with for the last 18 years. His, uh, he retired last week. And so we all drove out to East Texas. Uh, when I say we all, uh, we had a group of us that all worked together for about 10 or 12 years. And then we kind of got broken up at the job, but we all kind of stay in touch. And so we got together and drove out to East Texas and hung out there and then had some great barbecue and came back to the DFW area. But it was it was nice to get together with some you know, some guys that I'd been working with over the last 18, 19 years. And so. Hmm. Sounds nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to get outside in the sunshine every once in a while, huh? Um. Well, better in the fall, but yeah, sure. For limited. <laughs> I limited. suppose mid, middle of the summer in Texas, could tendency to get warmer. Uh, it's, that's, that's like the, you know, the weeks in January where, you know, you don't go outside unless you need food. So. <laughs> well that's a good note to end on thanks for uh for listening everybody um if you want to give us some feedback some contact we are dedicated nerds on twitter we're also uh emailable uh dedicated nerds at gmail.com and uh if you like the show rate us on itunes maybe we'll uh maybe we'll get some some other people to to listen as well so thanks for joining us thanks guys thanks carney thank you <laughs> later
And uh, sayonara, Dave. Oh, thank you all. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.